Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to another installment of our midweek Tuesday service. This is our traditional service, and I am Pastor Ben. It's an honor to have you on, on site with us today. We're so thankful that you're able to pick us up, and we're excited about being able to share this time with you. As we usually do, this is that time that you get a chance to grab a pencil, a notepad, or take some notes, and also to call some other folks and let them know Tuesday Church is live streaming on Tomoka.cc. What a beautiful, incredible thing. And if you can't pick us up here, if you got Facebook, you can pick it up on Facebook. So we're excited about this, really, really excited, and we're truly honored and humbled to be able to serve you in this capacity. You know, we've been uh, working on a series entitled A Need for Life, A Need for Life. And the basic foundational part of this particular series is the fact that when, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden and God told him, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die. Well, we know that Adam and Eve ate of that tree. So what kind of death did they experience? They couldn't have experienced a physical death because if they had, then we would not be here. There would be nobody else. I'm sure God could have had a, a secondary plan or a plan B, but... The idea is we know they did not die physically. So how did they die? They were separated from God. Sin and God cannot be at the same place at the same time because our God is a just God. So their death was separation from God. So then that was passed down to us because now Adam's behavior or lifestyle is passed down to every person who was born physically, who was born of man and woman. We are all born under that particular situation, meaning that we are born as sinners, therefore separated from God. God, who loved us, knew that and understood it, so he made a plan. He knew we needed life, so he sent his son, who would, one, pay the price of our sin, the wages of sin is death. He sent Jesus to pay that price. But also upon Jesus' resurrection, Jesus restored to us life. We have been reconciled with God. We have been restored to God. We have this new life. Now, what do we do with this life? How do we handle this life? You know, it's been said that between the Jesus that was... And the Jesus that will be, there's a vacuum for most people because they are either looking towards their past, wondering if it's ever been really taken care of or if the sins have been paid for. Or maybe they're looking forward to the fact that they believe they're going to go to heaven. But the vacuum is what are they supposed to do right now? Right now on a daily basis, what are you supposed to do? Well, we've been we've went through some scriptures that told us that we're supposed to reign on a daily basis. We're supposed to have victory. So as we kind of bring this particular series to an end, we just want to talk about a couple things today. First off, brand new creation. You're a brand new creation. Now, I know some of us are saying I've heard this before. Well, again, it doesn't hurt to hear it again, especially if it will help you to take advantage of what God has already provided for you. You're a brand new 
creation. So today we'll share in some scriptures and some thoughts that will help us to better understand that. Say, Pastor Ben, what is the purpose? I need you to live right now. Live for the glory of God. The body of Christ is this alive, intimate, organic organization that is connected to Christ. And because we are his body, we are supposed to live like he does. Nothing can defeat him, so nothing should defeat us. Will there be tough times? Will there be suffering? Will there be hard times? Will there be scary times? Of course there will be. But we don't give up. We don't give in. We continue to push forward. We continue to fight for. How does that, where does that energy come from? Where does that moving forward motivation come from or that momentum come from? It's from knowing who you are right now. Having that right understanding. So brothers and sisters, if you're ready, I know I am. Are you ready to dive into this thing? Well, praise the Lord. You know, I always say every Tuesday, we're about to have some fun. I pray God you are too. Even though you may not be here, you're at home. That's okay. We're still going to have some fun. You ready? Let's read this little paragraph. Again, brand new creation is our topic today. It says, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you step out of Adam into Christ. Christ steps out of heaven and into you. And he makes you a new creation. So we step out of the line of Adam into the line of Christ. Christ steps out of heaven into us. And now we become a brand new creation. We become something that is different. We become born again. We become regenerated. We become something brand new. Now I need us to get this today. It's happening the second that you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It happened right then, right there. This whole incredible spiritual transformation took place and you died. Yes, right. The old you died. Then the new you was resurrected because the old you that was connected to Adam died. Sinful nature is no longer your boss. Jesus moves into your body through the power of the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus is our boss. He is our leader. He's our savior. He's our Messiah. So our transition has taken place. Not a geographical location because you may have made the prayer in the backseat of a car or in, in the jungle or in the, in the desert or, 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 or anywhere. You made the prayer. But when you did, there was a spiritual transformation that moved you from darkness into light. That moved you from separation into connection. So here's what I need you to know today. You are connected. You. That's right. You are connected. I know how some past theological ideas may tell us. Is that we need to keep doing something to get this place or it's not going to really be settled till we get to heaven and all of those kinds of things. But I need you to know that's not really theologically correct. You know, in John chapter eight, it's not in our notes today, but it says, know ye the truth and the truth will set you free. This is what Jesus said to some Jewish folks that were following him. Know ye the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, if truth sets you free then error must put you in bondage. So the wrong kind of thinking can actually put you in bondage both mentally and emotionally and spiritually. The truth sets us free. 
error will put us in bondage. So let's make sure we just dive into some scriptures today and make sure that we know it's the truth that will continue to set us free. Are you ready to be brand new? Praise the Lord. Let's go. Second Corinthians chapter five. We're going to read verse 17 and I'm reading this from the amplified translation it might be a little different from yours, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll still come to the same conclusion again. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature all together. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. How beautiful is that? Behold, the fresh and new has come. All of this took place upon your confession. All of it. So we come out of Adam into Jesus, Jesus comes out of heaven in this sense and into us, makes us a brand new creation. You know, I, I, again, when, when, when Saul of Tars uh, ran into Jesus on the Damascus road because of that real intimate organic relationship that he developed, his name was changed. Man, I wish we could do that today. You know, just bring your old birth certificate in here and, and on upon your confession <laughs> of faith in Christ Jesus, we were able to change your name. So that new name would also be aligned with the fact that you are now a new creation, a new person. So let's talk about that for a second. But we're going to have scriptures that will help us. Your spirit has been made brand new. So I just want to share this like a little analogy or parable. No, I guess it's just an analogy. If you were in the ocean and you were drowning and you're about to go down for the third time and you call out to God to save you. God reaches into the ocean and he pulls you out of the water, places you on the shore. Now you are now saved. There's no longer any danger of you drowning. You are now saved. But as you stand on the shore, there is salt water all over your body, in your clothes, in your ear, all over the place. And also that other thing that's pretty annoying is sand, which we can never seem to get rid of, no matter how hard we try. But now there's sand involved. So you have the salt water and sand. Now hear me, you are saved, but there's salt water and sand in you that needs to be changed. It needs to be gotten rid of. And that's how we come up with the, the scripture that says you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to change the way you think about who you are. Well, let's let scripture tell us. Hopefully that analogy gives you some insight as to exactly what's taking place. Let's go to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter 6, and we're going to begin to read at verse 6. And again, this is in the Amplified Translation. Y'all having fun yet? I know I am. This is fun, man. This is pretty exciting stuff. It says, we know that our old, unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective. And inactive for evil. That we might no longer be the slaves 
of sin. You're out of the ocean now, and now the salt waters, the salt on your body is getting rid of. The, the other stuff that would, would cause you problems is beginning to be gotten rid of. So now your body is no longer an effective slave for evil. It has now become an effective slave for righteousness. But let's read on. For when a man dies, he is freed, loosed, delivered from the power of sin among men. So if you were, if people were angry at you, you owed people money, all of those kind of situations. If you died, all of those things come to an end. There's a period at the end of that sentence. I don't care who was mad at you. I don't care any of those things. All that stuff ends at your death. You ever been to the cemetery and argue with somebody? They never get up to defend themselves. You can go call them all kind of names. Nobody's getting up to defend themselves because when they died, that brought it into whatever that situation was that they were involved in. We need to understand this theologically. Whenever we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, everything about us, everything that was wrong, everything that ruled us, everything that had control of us, ended that very moment because we died. But again, God didn't leave it there. He knew we needed life. So he had us resurrected as Christ was resurrected into this brand new life where we have victory. Pray God, I hope this is making sense to you today. Let's finish reading. It says, now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Because we know that Christ, the anointed one, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. For by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relationship to it once and for all. And I want to say the same thing for you. And the life that he lives... He is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. The same with you. We right now, messed up as we are, as crazy as we are, we're living in an unbroken relationship with God. God is not waiting for us to be perfect by what we do. He sees us as perfect because the perfect lamb of God's blood was shed upon us. He's not waiting for you to do everything right. Why? Because we never could. (laughs) We never could. If we had to wait for a perfect person to become a pastor, we'd have no pastors. If we had to wait for a perfect person to be worship leader, we'd never have one. Because there are no perfect people based on what we do. Our perfection, our righteousness, all of those things come because we have died to our sinful nature. And become a brand new creation in Christ. Therefore, he changes our relationship with God. He changes who we are. I pray God you're getting this this morning. Let's read on a little further. It says, even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relationship to it broken. But alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship With him in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies. 
to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lusts and evil passions. You now have a power to say no to what used to be your king. You now have the power to change your behavior. But get this, I need you to understand today. You're not changing your behavior to make you right. You are changing your behavior because you are right. There are certain things that go along with being a football player. If I'm going to be a football player, that means I should have a helmet and some shoulder pads and other pads. And and whenever I hit the football field, if I get out on the football field with a tennis racket, I'm going to have some real problems. So you are no longer what you used to be. But it's not based on what you do. You now have this whole new uniform. You have been outfitted to win at this game of life. You are free. To serve the living God. You're free to be his child. You're free to be a brand new person. Oh, well, Pastor Ben, what about sin? What about it? It's no longer has power to determine or to stop you or to keep you from doing things. But please get it right. You've been set free to serve God. Please do that. Serving. But don't think. That by living a certain way, you're going to make God happy. Because I'm here to tell you today, God is happy with the sacrifice that his son has made on your behalf. He wants you to be happy with that sacrifice as well. So you live your life. Are you going to live perfect? No. But guess what? Sin is paid for. Why? Because of the gift of God. You have eternal life. Let me keep reading. It says, do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments, tools of wickedness. But offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to perpetual life and your body members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. For sin shall not any longer, repeat that with me, say any longer. For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you. Since now you are not under law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. Do you see the transition? Do you see how you were moved from one place to another spiritually? (laughs) You have a new home. That home is not as a slave to sin. That home is as a slave to righteousness, to grace. Your new city, your new home is called Grace Town. It's called Grace City. It's called Grace Country because that's where you live at. And in this place, you are able to serve God. And it's important that we get this. It's really important that we understand the complexities of this. I'm going to use another analogy real quick and see if this will help you. A caterpillar changes into a butterfly. Now, the caterpillar is trapped on the earth in base desires, base sinful behavior. The caterpillar is trapped there. He cannot leave the earth no matter what happens. So he's trapped in this base existence. 
But God has designed a transformation process for this caterpillar that he will climb up a tree and form a cocoon. And inside this cocoon, he begins a transformation process that is agonizing and painful. But when it's over, he departs the cocoon as a butterfly. Now, you can look at a caterpillar all day long and you can look at a butterfly all day long and never believe that there was any connection between these two. But we know that there is. Now, this caterpillar is no longer in existence because it has now become a butterfly. Now, remember, the caterpillar was trapped on the earth. It was trapped on the ground. Every now and then, a butterfly must land back on the earth. When it does, does it become a caterpillar again? Never. It will always be a butterfly. And that's what I need you to understand today. You've got to know you're brand new. You may fall victim to something that you used to do, but that doesn't make you what you used to be anymore because you have been transformed. There's a complete transformation process. So what you want to do is get back up, take flight again and begin to fly off. Do you understand? Never wallow in mistakes. Never wallow in that stuff because it's been paid for. You have been transformed. I pray God that that makes sense to you today because it's, 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 it's important. Now, again, there's a dilemma that we always face in life. Because this stuff is hard. It's hard for us to really grasp this idea. So go along with me for a second. We'll talk about the dilemma. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. And it reads as follows. It says, for I know, this is Paul speaking, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire (laughs) to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Does that sound familiar, brothers and sisters? Sound familiar? Listen, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. But it is sin living in me that does it. Like the butterfly, when it lands back on the ground, he doesn't become a caterpillar again. He remains a butterfly. But let's read on. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's my brand new spirit. That's my brand new me. I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a horrible dilemma, right? Listen to what Paul says. What a wretched man. I am. We can all repeat that. We can all say that about what we know about our lives. It says, but what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Hmm. What does he say? Thank God for Jesus Christ is what Paul says at the end of that dilemma. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Who will rescue me? Can you see the dilemma, brothers and sisters? We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to do something stupid yesterday, 
today. We may do something tomorrow, stupid. Again, but whenever you do, you don't become a caterpillar again. You're always going to be a butterfly. Why? Because you've been rescued from this dilemma. So let's real quick, and I'm going to make it quick because I'm starting to run out of time a little bit. It says the solution for this. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. That dilemma of, oh, what a wretched man I am, it's resolved. How? Those who enter into crisis being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. Everybody say new power. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air. Freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the juggler when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. He thought about us. He knew us. He knew where we were trapped. He entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now, what the law code acts for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Brothers and sisters, how, how incredible is that? Embrace it. I know it's fighting against a whole bunch of theological concepts and ideas that have been placed in your head. But I'm here to tell you today what God did. I don't care how hard you work. As it said, you can redouble your efforts, but you'll never be able to accomplish what God has already done through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ for us. It's not a story written just so God can say the story. It was written because he loved us and he did it for us. One quick verse, one more verse, and I'm going to let you go today. So listen closely. This is Romans chapter 12. So here's what I want you to do. Understanding what we just read. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Give it to him. Give him your life. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Oh, brothers and sisters, is that not good news? Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace. It's important that you do not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. You cannot do anything that can make God better. You can't protect God. You can't bring anything to God that makes him more God. He is already God almighty by himself. So quit trying to do things to make God happy. Realize that he's already done something for you. You receive what he's done for you. Receive his son. Receive grace. Receive forgiveness. Receive reconciliation. Receive justification. Receive those things because that's what God wants you to receive. In pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for him. I love you, brothers and sisters. I need you to be that brand new creation. I need you to quit trying to work your way for something that God has already given you. If this is hitting home with you today, would you pray with me right now? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for what you have done already. When we confessed that Jesus is our Lord and he's our Savior, We know that we died at that moment. We stepped out of the line of Adam at that moment. We then know that we were resurrected a brand new creation because when we died to Adam, you stepped out of heaven and stepped into us. You now live in us through the Holy Spirit. And the only way God can live in us, he had to cleanse everything in us. What will wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So this all took place upon my confession. So now my job is to serve you, to quit trying to make you happy by what I do, knowing that you are already happy by what you did through your son for me. Let me accept that and now move forward. I know now that you love me. Why? Because your scripture told me nothing would separate me from your love. Father, thank you for each person that is praying with me today. Thank you that you have now renewed in them this idea, this concept, that they are free to serve you because they are a brand new creation. Their slate is wiped clean. Their past is paid for. Father, all of us together say, Amen. 
Brothers and sisters, if you need help with this decision, you can always get in contact with somebody on the website right now. Or you can call the church right now. If you need to make a decision, this is that time. Again, I love you. All my heart, all my soul. I am so humbled and honored to serve you. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day.